0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, family, we are entering our second week of Advent. Um, I love this time of year. Advent, if you are not familiar with that word, it simply means the arrival of a known figure. And for Christians, that's us celebrating the arrival and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And last week, Pastor Steve opened us up in the book of Luke. And this week, we're going to continue in the book of Luke and in chapter one, verse 26. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and meet me there. And I want you to just ready your hearts to receive what God might have for you right now. In this season, let's slow down a bit right now. Let's slow down and hear uh, the word of God. Amen. Luke chapter one, verse 26. That's where we're going to start. We're going to read through uh, verse 38. So if you have it, uh, go ahead and write God in the chat. If you're able, we're going to have church this morning. So I need you all to stand up in your homes right now as we read the word of God together. Luke chapter one, verse 26 through 38. Here now the reading of God's. Or starting in verse 26. It says in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, "Greetings, O favorite one, the Lord is with you." But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern, For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let me read that again. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Very word of God. Amen. Today I want to preach on the topic, and it's really a question How faithful are you? How faithful are you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. God, I pray like I do every week that you would hide me behind the cross. So that people will see you and not me. Let me decrease God so that you may increase. Have your way with your word. We need to hear from you, Jesus. It's in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. We all said together. Amen. Amen. Well, family. Have you ever been asked to do something? Or said yes to something that seemed. Just utterly impossible. It absolutely made no sense. I mean, the task ahead of you, it it was more than just a leap of faith. You didn't know how it was going to happen. It seemed ridiculous. It seemed like an unwise decision. Have you ever been there before? Just didn't make any sense what you were about to do? Family, as we jump into this text today... I want you to ask yourself what may the Lord be asking me to do in this season that absolutely makes no sense seems impossible or or, or maybe it's not that extreme but instead ask how the Lord is challenging me to trust him in ways I've never done before how's God testing my faithfulness. What's your Christian integrity look like in times of calamity? The text begins with in the sixth month, which is referring to the text beforehand that Pastor Steve spoke on last week. Uh, This is not referring to the sixth month of the year, but in context, this is referring to the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy with John the Baptist. Now, just a bit more context here and a reminder, as we heard last week, it's important to understand that the people of Israel were expecting a Messiah. They were expecting a king who was going to rule and reign in righteousness and justice because of the persecution that they were experiencing, which goes back all the way to what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter nine, verses six through seven. Read this with me. He says, for to us, a child is born. To us a son is given and the government shall be on upon his shoulder and his name shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it. You see, throughout scripture, God has been talking about this coming king. But the last time that the people of Israel had a prophet speak to them on behalf of God was 400 years ago. So there's been 400 years of silence from heaven. And then, out of nowhere, if you want to say, my man, the angel Gabriel, shows up in the temple to speak to Zechariah the priest, John the Baptist's daddy. Zechariah is a priest who went into the temple in Jerusalem to perform his priestly duties. And as he's praying there in the holy place, just before you get into the very inner parts of the temple where the people of God thought that God resided, this is where the angel appears. Now, you got to love this interaction between Zachariah and the angel right here. As Pastor Steve pointed out so eloquently last week, Zachariah starts to question Uh, Gabriel. And and, and I got I I love the way the angel Gabriel responds to him. Look at this with me in verse 19 of the text, uh, Luke chapter one. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Now, y'all, I could in this moment. I could picture the angel Gabriel's face. I mean, my man is probably all cockeyed right now. Zechariah, you're a priest. You're praying in the temple. You're praying to God. And I've shown up to give you a word from God. Come on, Zechariah. The, the angels probably like, you got to be kidding me. What you mean? How is this going to happen? Talking about the birth of John the Baptist. What, what, do you know who I am? I'm sent from God. Zachariah, you you're a priest. You're praying to God. You're not going to receive the word of God when it comes to you. It makes no sense. This all leads us to the text today because the angel Gabriel comes back six months later and he meets with this unmarried teenage girl from a podunk town all the way across the other side of the track called Nazareth. now before we get more into this, the text lets us know, I love it, that Mary is a virgin. She's a virgin who is betrothed to Joseph. Watch all of this. Who is of the line of David. Betrothed, it's sort of like an engagement But it's a little bit more, but it's not quite marriage yet. But it only can be broken by divorce because it's legally binding. And the angel greets Mary and says, oh, favored one. Now, this would have thrown Mary off quite a bit because she's a young virgin girl from a poor town somewhere between the ages of 12 to 14. Y'all, she's young. I mean, she didn't have much to offer this angel Gabriel. But yet he greets her and says, oh, favored one. It gets a little even weirder because this is a random encounter. They ain't in no temple like Zechariah, And the text doesn't say that the angels start floating down and, and, and flow sh- showed up floating on a cloud or nothing singing. Oh, no, no, no. You don't see that in the text. I mean, even Mary is like, yo, what, what, what's going on? This is weird. I mean, ladies, could could you imagine some random dude coming up and saying, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. In this day and age, you would be like what you want. What you want, Doc? Some of y'all would have been calling the police. Y- y'all might have even started to smack this dude over the head with your Michael Kors bag. Y'all know y'all got bricks in your bag. It's I, I, you know it's already heavy and all that stuff. Y'all y'all would have been y'all would have been frantic. It, it says in the text that Mary was greatly troubled. Let me ask you: Is it funny how we can miss the things of God? Because we either think we're too unworthy. Or we expected him to show up a different way. I know I stepped into someone's kitchen with that one. Too many times we come to God with an agenda, a closed fist, expecting him to work on our time. And God is a God who works on his own time for his glory and for our good. He is infinite and outside of our time. And on the other hand, because we have too much sin or we don't think we look or are good enough, period, we believe we don't want God's goodness. We say this all the time at Renewal, but we work from a place of approval, not for approval. Hear me. God doesn't love you because of what you bring to the table. No, no. God loves you because he chose to despite you. Let me say that again because somebody missed it. God doesn't love you because of what you bring to the table. No, no, no. God loves you because he chose to despite you. That's good. I mean, family, family, hear me. Whether you are a control person, a person that deals with a control issue or a person burdened by low self-esteem or approval issues, be careful not to limit God on how he sees you or what he can do in your life. God sees you as an image bearer of himself, which means that he sees you as precious. He sees you as fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves us according to his own volition, and I'm glad it's not based on how we want it or what we bring to the table, because if it was up to me, we would be like ships without a sail Abandoned ship, which, hear me, sadly, in society right now with this pandemic running rapid, we are seeing examples of people being lost more vividly than ever before. Family, hear me, be careful not to limit God. The text moves on, and Gabriel here, sensing her being troubled, the text says, He says, Don't be troubled for you. Are favored by the Lord. Now, this is where the text gets a bit more crazier, and I need y'all to imagine this conversation with me. Put your thinking caps on. Go there with me a little bit longer. Again, this is a random guy that is coming up to her, for all that she knows, and he's saying that I'm an angel. And then he says in the text, "You're favored by God," and then he says, "Don't be afraid," and proceeds to go on to verse 31. Look at this with me. He says, "And behold, you will conceive in your womb." Look at these words and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, family, at this point, if I'm Mary, I'm like, hold up hold up wait a minute you telling me that I'm pregnant I ain't got no man I- I'm betrothed I ain't married yet I'm a I'm a virgin I'm 12 to- I- I- I'm, a- I'm a young girl I- I- Mary's face gotta be all kind of side eye. like what-, what-, what you talking about man and-, and-, and you're trying to tell me that He's going to be the son of God, which means that he's going to have divine nature just like God. What? And we know she's kind of like this because in verse 34, she says, well, well, how will this be? I'm a virgin. And then not to make it any better, my man, Gabriel, I love the angel Gabriel, how he responds. He basically says the Holy Spirit will impregnate you. What is going on in this text? Verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's your answer. He says he will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you where your son shall be called holy. Then he goes on to validate all of these statements and basically says, if you don't believe me, your relative Elizabeth in her old age is in the sixth month with a child who was called bearing, barren for nothing is impossible with God. And then watch how Mary responds in verse 38. Says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, family, I need you to notice how unimaginable, even absurd, or far out this conversation might have been. An angel is telling you a virgin. You're pregnant with the Son of God, the Most High. We probably would have been like, What you talking about, Cletus? Nutty professor. What you talking about, Willis? Different strokes. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. But we would have been in there like, what you mean? I'm pregnant. But watch how Mary responds. Mary, the opposite of probably how we would respond, she responds in her faithfulness and says, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Friends, there's something about. The faithfulness of Mary that cannot be missed here in this text. She was only 12 to 14 years old. She was young. And to be honest, this is very convicting to me because we, we struggle being faithful to people and to God well in our 30s, 40s and beyond. Mary is about to experience ridicule beyond imagination to be a woman perceived to have a baby outside of wedlock. She could have been stoned to death legally, and the first stone could have been thrown by her betrothed Joseph. This is a teen pregnancy on top of all that. Inevitably, y'all, she would have been ostracized from a society, but yet she has chosen to be faithful. Wow. Friends, I believe that we're in a season right now that is testing our faithfulness just like Mary, we sit in a pandemic in Advent season and not only do we await and remember the arrival of our coming Savior, Jesus Christ, but we that believe await the freedom that God will provide to get us out of this pandemic right now. And in this season, the lie is to believe that there is more to do. There's more to figure out. There's more work to be done. And I believe God is saying, no, no, don't just come to me and adore me in this season. No, I need you to trust me. I got you. See, the question we had to answer this morning is What does true faithfulness look like for me in this season? How's my integrity? What's my Christian integrity look like? See, we're living in a day and age where to be a true Christian is to be an anomaly. We're living in an age where the testing of our faith is real. We're living in an age where it's not enough to wake up and say, I'm a Christian. No, no, no. We're in a pandemic. With racial tensions, socioeconomic divides, corruption, inequality, People taking the Bible and interpreting it based off of how they feel versus what it actually says on the pages of Scripture. And with all this, I believe God has us in a season where all of us are left questioning, do we really believe or not? See, for too long, Christianity has been defined by our societal value system what we feel or what we think. And if I'm honest, all of that is being torn apart right now because nothing is like we would have it to be, want it to be, feel it should be or think it should be, which is causing many questions. Family, when we take a look at this passage, and the one before that with the birth of John the Baptist or even flipping through the pages of all of Scripture. It, 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 most of the time, if not all the time, God shows up or God comes in ways that we would never imagine or think of. He does so right here in this text with the birth of Jesus Christ coming through a virgin girl who's only 12 to 14 years old. She's not married, married and in doing so, y'all, you know what? He shakes up the whole world. First Corinthians one twenty seven would tell us that God uses the weak things of the world to shame the wise. In other words, God is beyond our imagination or understanding, which means watch this for the Christian true faithfulness at times may look like something that makes no sense. I know I'm preaching and some of y'all still missing it. I don't want you to miss this. One key thing that you see with Mary is at the end of this conversation, she doesn't continue questioning. But instead, she basically says, if this is God's will, let it be done to me. If this is God's will for me to be ridiculed, let it be done. If this is God's will for me to die, let it be done. If, if, If this is God's will for me to lose my soon to be marriage, let it be done. If this is God's will for me to give birth to the the son of the most high, when we as Jews have been waiting for centuries for this conquering king to ride in to save us. If that's how it's going to happen, let it be done. In other words, family, if you haven't caught it by now, true faithfulness or true Christian integrity doesn't always look the way we want it to or feel like it should be. But true faithfulness is walking through this life and this world as Christians, knowing that our lives are not our own. But instead, we have been bought with a price and we're here to give glory to God. Which means. As Christians right now in a world of panic and fear the Christian although their world is shaken up right now they don't walk around in fear because the word tells us in 1 John 4 18 that perfect love casts out all fear which means that because God has loved me and God has saved me no matter what happens to me on this side of heaven I will fear no evil because I know where I am going This means that as a Christian, when I lose my job or I get a pay cut on my job, that 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 I won't get anxious and get lost in worry. No, no, no. Because Jesus tells me in Matthew 6 that if he can take if God can take care of the lilies of the field and he can take care of the birds that seemingly fly around without any care. But yet they both have all of their needs met. How much more will he care for me? This means for the true Christian that in a season where church may not look like what I'm used to or how I want it to be, it's not a, a time for me to tune out and then turn something else or turn to my friend circle as my church or turn to my Netflix channel as my church. I know I'm talking to somebody. No, what it means is that I'm going to dig into my scripture. I'm going to dig into the word of God. I'm going to spend more individual and personal time with God. And then on top of that, I'm going to tune into everything my church. Church is doing. Hear me, family. We're living in a time where the Christian's faithfulness is being challenged. And what we learn from from Mary right here in this text is that even though the call of God may cost me everything, she basically says, as Paul does in Philippians three eight. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. My Lord. Family, so as we enter this Advent season and we intentionally turn our eyes to Jesus, I want to ask you where is He calling you in your life to be truly faithful? What does your Christian integrity look like right now? What's true faithfulness look like for you right now? How is he challenging you? For some of us, that may be accepting Christ for the first time, saying, Jesus, I love you. You are Lord of my life and Savior of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave. For me, I give you all of me. And then, for many of us, it may be us repenting and asking for forgiveness because we've been a wavering mess in the midst of this pandemic. Friends, hear me. One thing I know about God is that He's never wavered on His faithfulness. And hear me, he's not about to start doing that now. So let me ask you one more question. Will you join me in trusting him in a season that doesn't make sense? Will you believe what the angel says? For nothing is impossible with God. This pandemic is not impossible with god your financial crisis is not impossible with god your sickness is not impossible with god your broken relationship is not impossible with god will you believe with me to where we all can say just like mary Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me, according to your word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for for the faithful example from Mary, a young girl. Let us know we're never too young to be faithful, God. The fact that it's it's written and we're still talking about it today, that means that your grace still extends. So, God, I pray for those that have lost their way. They will call you Lord and Savior, but in this time they've been more fearful than ever. They've been more worried, more anxious than ever. God, let us rest at your feet, knowing that nothing is impossible for you, God. Lord, I pray for the person that's given their life to you for the first time. That their walk with you would be rich, God. That they would find joy. That they would find peace. That you would overwhelm them with yourself. They would enter the body of the church. Find the family they need, God. God, we thank you for a season of Advent where we can turn our eyes to you, Jesus. Especially now. In this pandemic think about your arrival, the fact that you're still with us, and the truth that you're coming back again. God, we give you all praise, honor, and glory, now and forever. And we all said together, in Jesus' name.